0: being really open to, to, to feedback, um, even when it's hard to hear, especially from my instructors, because, you know, if you hire people, then you got to also trust that, you know, they, they have things of value to say, like, you can't just hire Mm -hmm. people and then just be like, you know, shut up. No, I'm leading this.
1: Welcome to Invincible Teams, a podcast for team leaders and business owners who are tired of dealing with office drama and politics, high turnover, and teams not meeting their potential. We know that team leaders and business owners like you are pretty much always under pressure to get the most out of your teams. And we also know that most teams only operate at about 58% of their actual potential, and we've got the tools and training to make that number keep going up. We believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Invincible Teams podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. Today, I'm excited to share with you an interview I did with Maggie Glover. Uh, Maggie is the owner of Glover Fitness in Conway, Arkansas. It's an awesome uh, all-women's gym, and she's just Uh, a great business owner and leader and team leader. And so got to talk to her about all those things, about some of her journey in the entrepreneurial world and just the things that she has learned or wish she would have learned as as a younger business owner. And um, yeah, it was just a great interview. Really excited to share it with you guys today. If you want to know more about her business, you can find that in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about what it looks like to create an Invincible Team for your business, Uh, check out the link for that in the show notes as well. Okay, that's it. Let's get to our interview with Maggie Glover. All right, Maggie Glover, welcome to Invincible Teams Podcast. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
1: I'm super excited to have you here. I think um, anybody in the central Arkansas, certainly Conway area, will probably be familiar uh, with you a little bit, but for those that are not, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Okay. Tell us a bit about who you are, um, what you do, and um, and we'll go from there.
0: Okay, um, I am a mom, a wife. Um, I own a gym, and it's a, it's called Glover Fitness Conway. It is an all women's gym. It is group fitness only. Free childcare.
1: Tell us how you got to where you are today with, with that business and just kind of the journey that led you there.
0: Um, so I always have to start back pre-kids uh, because before I had my first daughter, I was a counselor and I was working for about two years when I had her. And then I fully intended to go back to work. But I mean, I think most, a lot of women go through this as soon as they have their baby. I mean- your world just kind of turns upside down and you don't, you didn't really like people can tell you that everything changes, but then when it actually does, like everything is put into a different perspective. And, um, I just, I wanted to stay home with her. And so we tried to figure out how to make that happen. I, I didn't go back to work, but the flip side of it, as blessed as I was to be able to stay home with her for a year. It's also, it was also super hard for me. Um, and any, I mean, any mom period, you know, it, it's a hard thing, but, um, to, to stay at home and be with her all day was such a drastic change that I like, I, I wanted something else to do. I needed something else that could fit into my life. Um, and I'd always been active and I, I figured out, um, an opportunity came across my way. I actually kind of searched for it and it was called Oh Baby Fitness. And it was, um, basically a mom and baby stroller group. And I became a licensee with them, um, and then I did that for it. It was really successful. I met some really awesome girls through it. Here still, who are actually at my gym still. And um, so I was in that for about a year. And then the the company made a decision that I didn't really like. And um, at the time, of course, I was really upset about it. And but it really it pushed me into thinking about like, well, what what I really wanted and. Um, like kind of dreaming bigger. And then at that time, it's just so funny because, you know, I I really see where God was working because I had such a passion for it. And I'm more of a risk taker, but my husband is not at all. And so I knew that this was like from God that we should do this whenever I talked to him about it and he was all in and he was like, well, sure. Like you, you think we we can do this and you want to do it? Let's go for it. And I was like, who are you?
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. So have you always been that way? Like, has, have you always had this entrepreneurial spirit, like starting new things, big ideas?
0: Um, no, you know, um, it's, it, I I never started out thinking like, I want to be a business owner. You know, I, I, I want to own something and run it. And, um, It was just something that it just happened. Like it just came along and it was just an idea. I was so passionate. Like I could see the vision of what it it could be. And that got me so excited. And when I get excited about something, it's just kind of like, I don't put it down. Like, that's all I think about. That's all I want to do. It just kind of becomes like an obsession then at that point. And so I just become obsessed with how do I make this work and, you know, yeah. how, how do we make Glover Fitness happen?
1: Yeah. So, you know, you say you you started with this, um, Oh Baby Fitness, which is this mom stroller thing. Is that, is that what I used to call the momfia? Like this group of moms <laughs> rolling around? Uh, that's
0: very well what, yes, yes. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> So, exactly. Was that your first like entrepreneurial journey?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And how old were you at the time when you did that?
0: Um,
1: Let's see, Sophie
0: was a year. I was 20, 29.
1: Okay. So, Mm -hmm. how was that being a a 29 year old, you know, pretty new mom getting into this entrepreneurial leadership space kind of for the first time? What was that like?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it was really fun. Like, I I loved it. I, I figured, I figured, out at that point that I, I really like being like the boss, even though it wasn't like a, <laughs> it wasn't a huge operation. I mean, it was just kind of like I set up classes online. I, t- I tried to promote, which I, that's one of my weaknesses. I'm awful on social media, but you know, I tried to, I, it was a process of figuring things out and, and I kind of, I like to figure things out and I like to problem solve. And and so I also like to be in charge of my own schedule and my time. So that was really cool. I really loved that part of it, but really like I had so much fun doing it and I had so much fun doing something that I loved, meeting these amazing women that were like mm-hmm. really filling up my life. I really feel like it was, it did more good for me than anyone else, you know, to be able to yeah. do this and, and meet moms and work out and um, so yeah, I mean, it, just, it all worked out, but it was it was just really fun. So it was just kind of natural to be like, okay, well, let's do this bigger, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: So how did you go from you know the dawn of the momfia to yeah. uh, to Glover Fitness now?
0: Right. Well, like I said, there they made a, the company made a business decision that, like I said, I didn't I didn't really like. Um, And so I was talking to my friend. Her name is Erin Connor. She's the former owner of Share the Love, which is a place where I had done some mom and baby Pilates, when we kind of branched out and did more classes than just stroller. And she said, uh, she mentioned to me about this place called McClure Fitness in Benton. And um, she's like, it sounds like kind of like something that you, you would like and like you would want to do. And so I, I got hooked up with uh, Marietta McClure. And she basically, she became my consultant in how to start this business. Now, mine is pretty much model after hers, except that I'm I'm all women. Hmm. I really felt strongly that it was going to thrive as an all women's gym. Um, so that's kind of the big difference there, but she helped me, I mean, tremendously along the way. And, uh, yeah, I just definitely could not have done it without her. She's, she was awesome Hmm. and still is. She still helps me out. I got questions. I'm like, Hey, what do you do about this? And you know, she's there. (laughs) Right.
1: So how, how's Glover Fitness doing today?
0: It's going good. Um, at the at the moment, we are shut down because of the the recent um, COVID cases at the gym. So I made the decision about I guess it was close to two weeks ago um, to shut down whenever we started having some cases and trying to figure out like a game plan of um, some tighter restrictions and uh, what what we need to be doing differently. So yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and I know we open you- up Monday. Okay. Well, I know you also have through this season done uh, some really cool things to kind of pivot your business model a little bit to to still have revenue streams going on. So so talk about that um, a little bit.
0: So, um, you know, COVID hit in March and that was like, you know, a slap in the face, I think to everybody. And um, we were, you know, we were mandated to shut down. And so, at that point, really, it just became like, okay, how, how do we do this? You know, we were throwing a curveball. like, let's figure it out. Everyone in the world has to figure out Mm -hmm. what they're doing now, you know? And so what we did um, initially, we just, we started doing uh, videos online on YouTube for free. And really a lot of that was just because I knew I needed it. And I knew that I I needed to stay active. I knew that was important for my members and I wanted to at the time to give them something that they could do because, you know, we hadn't set up, we, we've never done any classes online. I didn't feel right about asking people to pay for them, you know, mm. um, as far as that went. And then, um, but eventually we, we rented out our bikes, which a lot of studios did. And then we, um, had some paid memberships to a, a Facebook group where they could then get some videos, uh, some spin videos Hmm. So, um, and we rented out steps. We even rented out weights because at the yeah. time, like, you know, nobody could find weights. Right. So, uh, we just, you know, we just had to keep figuring it out. And then whenever problems arose or, you know, zoom wasn't working how we wanted this to work, or this wasn't perfect, then we just kind of have to keep adapting.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously this year has been a challenge for just about everybody, but just as you look back over the years of being a business owner and leader what have been what's been one of the biggest challenges that you have overcome as a business leader one of
0: the biggest challenges hmm. um, I mean gosh yeah for for sure for sure covid um, I think that would top top them all trying to figure out how to keep a, a, a business alive um, but other than that I think that, in the beginning, whenever, you know, we were we're just starting out and um you know things aren't going how you want them to go. Um, you know, we don't you don't have the numbers in classes. Like sometimes we were teaching classes of of one, like it would become it would become a uh personal training session. And, and that's that's what I would tell my my instructors too, um, is, you know, whenever you don't have the numbers, you need to, you need to treat those girls as if, you know they are Queens at that point, you know, Mm. and, and taking something that is, is a hard thing, you know, to go to a group fitness class that may only have two or three people, you know, as the instructor and they're depending on you to have that energy and the enthusiasm and really get them going. That's a hard thing to dig deep. And so I had to really number one, you know, make sure that that, that was being modeled by me, you know, that, um, even though that that's disappointing. I me mean, months and months of that, where it was, it was a struggle mm. that I I didn't let that, that get to me and just realize, you know, that's, that's how it's going to be at least in the beginning. And you just have to push through those times and you have to take it and, um, and roll with it and see the good in it. And so, and, and actually what, I, and I'm so glad you asked this question. I haven't thought about that in so long, but you know, some of those girls that we had those intimate, I call them the training sessions, the personal training sessions, they are our most loyal and, mm. I mean, devoted members because we really established that relationship with them, you know? And so yeah. I look back and, and I think God was teaching me some hard lessons about how, you know, you got to be resilient. It's a, uh, it's not going to come easy. And, you know, there's a reason why small businesses are so hard, you know, and uh, you don't have, you don't ever need to feel entitled. Like things are going to be easy. You know, It's things should be easy. No, that's mm. just not how it is, you yeah. know? So um, yeah, I think in the beginning that that was definitely the biggest challenge is um, just overcoming that. And so,
1: yeah, oh, that's great. You mentioned uh, instructors and uh, just different people, I guess, that you've built a team around yourself. So tell me about your team. Um, how how many people do you have on your team now? What all do different people do? Yeah. Um, talk about that.
0: Oh my gosh. They're amazing. Um, I, I love my instructors. They, you know, I, everything relates back to COVID, but you know, you, you know, how, you know, that you have great people when you go through something like that and you learn that you can rely on them, you know, like they are there, they are with me through thick and thin. They are tough. They are generous. I mean, so anyway, um my team, I've got about I've got I think 16 instructors on my team right now. Um in the beginning, I had I think I, we started off with six. And in the beginning, um, I actually think I only knew one of them previously. Mm. Um, and other girls, like I sent out like, hey, like this call for applications. And mm. that that was hard too. Um, <laughs> because now the, the great thing is that I get instructors, I pick instructors from women within the gym, women that Hmm. already kind of get the atmosphere, kind of get what Glover Fitness is about. Um, the ladies already know them. They want to support them. Um, yeah. So, you know, the last like, couple years, years, it's, it's all been ladies that I know their character, I know that they can kick my butt in a workout, you know, <laughs> so like I've seen that, like I've worked out with these ladies and then I, I pick them. And of course, you know, I get, I get to pick people I work with. It's amazing. Like I, I like them all. We like each other. So, it, you know, it just yeah. kind of works. And then they all have their different specialties, you know, not, not one of them is like the other. Um, some of them are, they all have their different styles, you know, um, some of them will be as nice and you talk to them and you would <laughs> think she would never hurt me in a class. And I mean, they are ruthless, you know, in class, but they talk like this, keep going, keep going. You know, some of the girls, if they were listening to this, I knew who I'm talking about. And then other ones are kind of like the drill sergeant and like, just, you know, chew your butt out to get you going. You know, it's great. It's kind of like, and different styles work for different people. And so our members kind of learn like, Hey, maybe I thrive under this way or this way. And, or maybe I like a whole variety, you know, so it all just kind of works together really harmoniously.
1: I I love that. Like pulling people from the classes, people that you already know and have, Mm -hmm. um, you know, built a relationship with. And, And what I hear you kind of saying is that, um, because they already know a lot about the culture of the company you're trying to build. Yes. um, It's, it's an easy kind of process to integrate them into that role. Why, why is that culture so important to you as a business leader?
0: Because I think that I I believe that people and, and women, especially they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. I think that once you buy into being a part of a team. Because I mean, I've been on teams my whole life and I've seen the magic that comes from being on a team. Mm-hmm. There is there's something, there is an added element that you you can't get when a you're maybe you're just in a, a sport for yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it also translates into life and especially in the gym atmosphere. Um that I mean that comes to just like when we're running sprints you know, in class and they're yelling for each other. They're supporting each other. They want everyone to succeed and it creates this camaraderie and then it transcends past the gym. If they go into, they, they start to learn about each other's lives and they actually care about their victories outside of the gym, tro- uh, problems they have outside of the gym. So it creates a really tight knit group and it's women not just thinking about themselves. Like, that's what yeah. I love. I, I love it because our women are just, there's so much about each other. And then when you're on a team, you're all, you're constantly thinking about the other person. You don't want to give up because of her next to you, you know, yeah. and in turn, yeah. it makes you push harder. So there's just, there's just a magic of group fitness. And, and more than that, like, I, I like to think about everyone when we're in class, as a team. So that, and like my instructors are a team when we're in class, that is your team. I tell them that like, these are your team members today, you know? yeah. And so it's important to me whenever I'm hiring somebody that they understand that, like when you when you've already been coming to the gym and you get that, then it's, it's not, I don't have to teach you that, you know, you just like get it. And I don't even, sometimes I don't know if it's the thing that you can teach, you know? Um, but yeah, that it is. It's super, super important to me.
1: So you know, this is called Invincible Teams Podcast, and I think you're kind of circling this right now a little bit. But if you had to boil down, you know, the things that make a team invincible, quote unquote, um, that that make a team really great, what do you think is the most important thing for a team?
0: Mm, I I think it'd have to be sacrifice. So that's kind of a a broad a broad answer. But what I mean is like. For example, I'm thinking about my instructor team. And one thing that I think makes us great is that they're willing to sacrifice for one another. For example, um, you know, we only have, we have certain slots in each schedule.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, a lot of times, I mean, well, most of the time it's a business. I, I've got to put the classes I know that people want, that they're going to show up to that are, you know, bringing in good numbers. And, um, but a lot of times it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It could go either way. Like either, either one will work, but you know, maybe this girl wants this time slot for this class and this works for her, but they, they both actually want it. There are a lot of times where there could be some clashes there, you know, and mm. of course, like I'm mediating, but that doesn't happen for them because mm. what happens is, is they, number one, they, it's like, they want the good of the team. They see the bigger picture. So Hmm. a lot of times there, there's so much sacrifice that I see from a lot of my, my instructors and they're like, okay, well, you know what It, it, you know, if you think either one will work, but let her have, let her have it this session. And then, you know, maybe we'll talk about it later, but whatever works best for the team, you know? So to me, the fact that they're willing to put the team, what's good for the gym above just what's good for them individually.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think that makes us great.
1: I think that's that's awesome. That's one of the things that uh, if if you've ever looked at five dysfunctions of a team with Patrick Lencioni, um, it's this kind of model for you know how teams can work together. and that's one of the things he talks about is um, it's the very top of the five is inattention to results. and and what he talks about there yes. is inattention to team results right? Versus those individual results. Um, and having a focus, like you're talking about on the overall team results and the team goals and team success, um, has this, um, almost trickle down effect on everything else. Right. Um, and so I love that. I think you're, you're spot on with that. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's, it makes total, it makes total sense because, you know, I can remember sitting on the bench sometimes when I wanted to play, but I knew like in that particular situation at that time, that girl was going to do a better job than me for whatever reason. Sure. And even though that that can kill you to sit on the bench <laughs> because you want to play the fact that, you know, that she's probably going to get this done better than I was yeah. is preferable is better, you know? Yeah. And that I mean, that's a tough lesson to learn, but it's a good one.
1: Yeah. No, I, I love that. And, and I can relate to that too. Um, you know, I grew up playing sports and basketball was probably the one I played the most growing up. And, and um, I remember, you know, if, if the other team, if we needed to score more points, I was not the guy that the coach was <laughs> going to put in right, but if we needed to stop the other team's best player from scoring more points, yeah, I was on the floor every time, right? right. Because um, that was the role that that I played and was really good at. And and yeah, sometimes you got to sit there uh, on the yeah. bench whenever it's not your time and, and the team needs something else. So exactly, totally and, and then that.
0: trusting, trusting too, because I mean, I can remember times too where I mean, because you want to play, you know, you want to be out there, and maybe you think it's the wrong decision. Maybe you think you shouldn't be on the bench, you know, but you are benched, you know? And right. then so kind of just like deferring to that leadership and saying, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I don't think it's the best plan, but like, I'm going to go along with it, you know, sure. and knowing your place and knowing your role, like that's important too. Well,
1: and so for you, you find yourself in this position where you're not just one of the players. You're more like the coach making mm-hmm. a lot of these leadership Decisions. So, so, what has that experience taught you about uh, teamwork and about leading a team?
0: Um, My gosh, I think when I sit down to think about it, there's there's a lot, uh, really. Um, As far as leading a team, I think that I think that there are probably only a few things that I would be good um, leading at, and it's it's got to be something that. I care about and like, I'm really passionate about because Mm -hmm. I think that what works and why, why our team works is because for a lot of reasons, but one of those is because what we're doing is something that I love. Like I love what we're doing. I, I, I believe in it, you know, and I think that if it was something, if I was trying to lead a team about, I don't know, gardening, you know, how, if that was my business, like it wouldn't work because I don't care that much about it. You know (laughs) what I mean? So um, the fact that I have a passion about it, I think that that's what makes it makes it yeah. work, um, and that's what um, other people feed off of too. Like if we've got some kind of new idea or you know project we're working on, and and I'm excited about it, you know, then it, it kind of, it kind of spreads too, and we all kind of feed off each other. Um, so that's been fun. Um, you know, being uh, being really open to to, to feedback, um, even when it's hard to hear, especially from my instructors, because, you know, if you hire people, then you got to also trust that, you know, they, they have things of value to say, like, you can't just hire Mm -hmm. people and then just be like, you know, shut up. No, I'm leading this. So (laughs) whenever anyone wants to come to me with something, um, I really try to listen, even, even if it's something hard, um, maybe something that I need to change about the way I'm doing something, you know, uh, that's been, that's been a learning process for me too. just kind of being able, being able to take criticism and, uh, and then turning it into what it is, you know, it should be just constructive.
1: Yeah. Well, so I've heard you say a few things as we've been recording this that have stuck out to me. Um, and, and for all the Enneagram heads out there that are listening, um, this will kind of come together here is, uh, you've talked about passion, right. Being passionate Mm -hmm. about things you mentioned really enjoying being, uh, the boss and your own boss making yes. your own schedule, <laughs> um, all, all those kinds of things, and so it won't surprise anybody that's versed in the enneagram to to know to hear that you are an enneagram eight, uh, which uh, is is awesome. Um, eights are definitely some of my favorite; they get a lot a lot of stuff done. Um, but we I, do, imagine...
0: I get a lot of stuff done. You're right. <laughs> Check off that to-do list. Tons and, and of stuff. Energy,
1: you talk about energy and, and, um, and drive, all that stuff. Um, but I imagine that the team that you have is probably all not people exactly like you. Mm-hmm. They probably have a lot of different personalities and things. And so what do you think the role of personality is as you are leading a team, as you're building a team, growing a business? How do you think that plays in?
0: Um well I mean as far as my personality or like theirs as well like
1: both yeah all of it
0: both well I think that you have to number 1 really really know who you're working with you know like mm. know your people understand them like developing individual relationships with them and, and kind of understanding like how they work um you know whereas some people I I know are never going to ask me they're not going to be as assertive they're not going to ask me for this time slot, or they're, they're not going to ask me, you know, if if they can branch out and do a different class. And so I kind of have to be in some situations a little bit more pushy with, with different girls, you know, that I know that I can kind of, I need to push them out of their comfort zone. They're not going to do that, you know, naturally on their own. Um, and then, so, and then it's just with other personalities, like I said, it's just really understanding who they are and so, and how, how you deal with them best,
1: That's probably very. I love that. You know, a lot of times when I teach Enneagram stuff to to groups, I will say that, at least in our time, in our culture, I think the most difficult um, combination to be is to be a female eight, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, for you, how has being a female Enneagram eight in the entrepreneurial? business owner leader space, how has that been difficult? Um, and how has that been rewarding?
0: Yeah. Um, well, like I told you, I don't, I don't know if I know enough about, uh, my number to, to really say so much about it. Um, I do know that as far as my relationships with, um, women in the, in the gym and, like my, my instructors, I've not felt like I've ever been, you know, really pushy or like, I guess what might be a stereotypical eight would be. Um, but there are definitely instances, in de- I guess, just in business dealings, not like I said, not really with instructors or members, but just getting things done mm-hmm. um, with people that like I need to from my business and when things don't go how I think they should go, or I feel like I'm being treated unfairly, or um, I kind of have to fight for my business, that's, I guess, when I feel like the maybe the stereotypical eight will come out. Mm. Um, and like I told you before, I think my husband probably sees that more than anyone too. <laughs> but there's a lot of times where I've had conversations, I say not a lot, there's definitely a handful I can think of right now where... I will get off the phone or I'll be done with that conversation. And then I question myself and I'm like, dang, was I was I like really rude about that? Was that was that bad? Like, so <laughs> I'll definitely I I I question it and and I feel like the um I question them what what they think about me, you know? So I definitely can, uh, can tell that uh I guess as far as being a date in that way, it will uh it'll it'll come out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know you know you may not want to brag on yourself too much here, but but what about your you know being this female business owner, Enneagram eight, like all that stuff wrapped up? What about that? Have you loved?
0: What have I loved about being a business owner? (laughs) Oh my gosh! Just your
1: personality and all that, like.
0: Yeah, well, I've I've I really feel like I've I've thrived in it. I I absolutely love that today, like. I wake up and I decide what needs to happen. I look mm. at the whole big picture and I decide what's a priority today. I don't have to answer to anybody, you know, really well, except, you know, my, my client or my, our members, sure. but I get to decide that I, right. I, I love that I get to dictate my day. Now I'll probably, I'll probably be the hardest boss I ever worked for. Right. You know, there's no one else that's ever pushed me as hard as I pushed myself. <laughs> so, I mean- sometimes I don't like my boss, but I, I really, I really love it. You know, it's a, it's just fun. And I, I get to do something I love and, um, have that flexibility. So yeah, it's been a great experience.
1: Well, that's, that's really great. I, so I have one more question for you, um, and it might be the hardest question yet. Uh, oh so gosh. here, Get ready for this. What lessons uh, have you learned that you wish you could have passed on to your younger self?
0: Oh, my gosh. Pass on to my younger self. Well, it depends on, on how much younger, because if it's like, you know, high school, Maggie, I would say, listen, you can go to college and play volleyball, but you don't need to worry about grad school. You're not going to use it <laughs> for more than two years. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I would, I would tell myself that. Um, but you know, like in all reality, looking back, I know that I met some wonderful people in grad school and God, God had a reason for that. Um uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, it wouldn't use my degree, but <laughs> let's see what else. Uh, you know, what, what as far as the business, what I would tell myself is, I would just say, go all out. Don't don't let any part of fear hold you back. Um, the there have been opening the gym was not a decision I did in fear. Obvi- obviously, it was one really based in faith, and uh, it was awesome. But then there are some decisions I've made for the business that I feel like have been more out of fear than out of, um, really faith. So like I said, t- I said, like I was a, I feel like I'm, I'm a risk taker, but whenever I play it safe, I regret it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, you know, I had an offer example, I had an opportunity. I love the space we're in right now. Um, it's, it's been great. It's, it's worked out perfectly. I love it. I love downtown. But there was an opportunity to um, rent out this other space um, and it was bigger, much bigger. And that's one of the issues I'm facing right now is I really, I want more square footage. I want a lot more space because, you know, we need it. I think we can fill it up. And I look back and I had wished I hadn't made that decision out of fear. Like, well, I don't know if this is even going to work. You know, I don't know. I think I need to go with the smaller space and keep looking and, and um, I really feel like if uh, I really feel like that could have been a great opportunity, um, something that a place uh, we would have thrived as well. But you know, yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty. But yeah, so don't don't play anything it. safe. Yeah, just go yeah. for it.
1: I love that. I love that. Well. Uh, Maggie, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I think that a lot of people that listen to this will will get a lot of good stuff out of it and really enjoy hearing about your story and the things that you have have learned along the way. It sounds like you've got a great thing going and a great team around you. Uh, and so just wish you continued success and, and growth with your business. And,
0: Thank you uh, so much.
1: And yeah, thanks for, for being a guest on the podcast today.
0: Yeah, this was fun, Ryan. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening today to the Invincible Teams podcast. We'd like to challenge you now to go share this episode with a team leader or business owner you know that might like it. And just like every podcast, we appreciate all the subscribes, likes, shares, reviews, and five-star ratings you can give us. And like we always say, we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. See you next time.